Welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Saylet. And we are happy to have you back with us again for yes. our 115th episode. Whoa, crazy. Fucking Who'd wild is that? <laughs> and there's like millions of paranormal romance out there and we've got a hundred or so yeah Damn. i mean actually we've probably done more because some of them in the beginning we did doubled up books mm-hmm. so i'm sure we've done something like 130 yeah books. It's, it's gotta be and there's only like five billion left to read so you know we'll got, get through them sh- shortly <laughs> we've got time we've and, got time and they keep coming every time i turn around you, somebody releases a new book it's like one of those authors like eve eve long just like three some every couple of days it's just you know eve, one of those things lexi lexi all of them they release so many oh, man that's okay keep them coming hey, keep cool. them coming all right so excuse all my throat noises we are recovering from flu inside my hovel so gross it is gross everybody is super <laughs> gross you drop that mask mandate and bam yeah you all got sick immediately and i'm like uh should we go back to wearing masks guys <laughs> my my poor atlas got hit the hardest and that guy that little guy is just a fucking trooper but we're good yay all right so should i give you a cookie sure okay so i know how much you love motorcycles <laughs> if <laughs> If you could choose to have a certain type of motorcycle, and you don't have to be specific as far as like the brand name, because I know you don't know that, <laughs> but like what type of motorcycle would you want to have if you did? Or you may not even want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't name much of anything aside from, you know, Harley mm-hmm. and Suzuki, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Do they yeah, make nope. s- bikes? <laughs> that is exactly right. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think... Oh, no. I know another one. Isn't Ducati one? Yes. That's a fancy rich person one, right? It is. One of our characters had a Ducati. I think so. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, from the Dragon Books. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Long, no, yeah. That was a yes. long time ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, as much as I know about them, which is not much, I don't like the ones where your handles are really high. <laughs> And now I'm miming this for cells so she can see it over Zoom. great. (laughs) But you guys don't see. But you know the ones where, like, yeah, the handles are like, I just feel like my arms would be very tired very quickly. And I wouldn't enjoy sitting like that for very long. Uh, I like the smaller looking ones that I think are uh, colloquially referred to as crotch rockets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're right. Absolutely. That is what they are known for. Just because they seem more my size and like I might actually be able to drive it, but also a little bit more comfortable looking. I just don't want to be on one at all. I just don't ever want to be on one. <laughs> look, I just think it's terrifying and I don't have any any desire to ride around like that. It is really, it is kind of scary. It's a lot of fun though. And it, right now, at least in our time frame, the bikes are coming out. So oh, yeah. please everybody be cautious and watch one another and just be very cognizant of your surroundings but uh yeah we it's so funny that you named both the Suzuki and the Harley and I can't tell you the specific model but we've had one of each and by we (laughs) I mean Dan so he currently has a Harley now it's black that's all I can tell you I don't know shit about motorcycles either I do have my endorsement though so I legally can drive a motorcycle if I want to do I remember no no I don't remember how to and I honestly I shouldn't you wouldn't believe how high crotch rockets are. You wouldn't be able to touch the ground. You couldn't. You would fit on a regular road bike so much better than on a crotch rocket. Because you're short too. I know, I know. <laughs> but they just look so awkward. Like, no, they look like they're all lounging on them. And I just don't know. I don't love well, the look of them as much. Yeah. The oh, road no. bikes. The road bikes are, yeah, they definitely. Well, and you do get the like the ones with the high handlebars. Yeah, I don't, I don't like those because they're just really loud. <laughs> I also yeah, I also don't like noise, so that really deters yeah. me from wanting a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. One of our neighbors across the street has a whole bunch, I think, and they're constantly like working on them. It's nonstop. If you oh. own one, you have to pull it out and work on it. I think it's a rule. It is. And then as soon as you're done working on it, you speed off down the street at the loudest possible volume. <laughs> 
Yes. And you just basically go around the block and then you come back and park it in your garage again. And I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. And then you're like, the next time you want to take it out, you have to work on it again. Jesus Christ. That's all I ever see that dude do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dan's played around with selling his Harley, but I like, I like them. Mm -hmm. I, I do think that they are, they can be very dangerous if you're irresponsible in your driving. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of enjoy them. Yeah. Cool. Well, and the other thing is, even if you're super responsible, you're on the road with other drivers that aren't, and you're Mm -hmm. the one that will die. Like, it's much more dangerous for you. And Colorado doesn't have a helmet law. Which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever I agree. I absolutely agree. Like, I get it. Like, they would make that argument that it's a... what is that? It's a uh, no. victimless crime or whatever it is. But it's not because now there's a dead body on the road. Well, yeah, that. And I'm sure that person has families and victims and go beyond just the actual person. My brother's like high school friend is a paraplegic. I think he was a quadriplegic. He's starting to get some movement back in his arms. But oh, wow. after a motorcycle accident where mm. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I don't think he was wearing a helmet. Mm-hmm. You know, I just. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. It's I there guess. for a reason. It's there for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad that they don't allow the bikes to ride in between cars here, even though they, they fucking do. Do it anyway. <laughs> <sighs> but that's you know. so scary on the highway when I'm just like, yeah. ah, there's somebody right next They're to me. They're not, yeah. But anyway. That's scary. Anyways. Oh, okay. So we're talking about motorcycles because this book, Prince in Leather by Holly Trent. Narrated by Piper Down, has a super hot fairy motorcycle assassin gang. Fairy motorcycle assassin gang. You guys don't even know how fucking bonkers cool that is to have a f- motorcycle gang made of fairies. Well, hopefully you read the book along with us and then you do know how cool it That's is. That's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as, as you guys know, we're a paranormal romance review podcast so that's the book we're going to review today and discuss uh because that's what we read and you know otherwise this would be really hard if we had to read and re- or review books we hadn't read <laughs> <laughs> be a bigger mess than it normally oh, is <laughs> it'd be a mess okay so we meet simone and she is currently the proprietor of a small seaside motel in North Carolina near the Outer Banks, or on the Outer Banks, not exactly sure which, close around there, but seaside, (laughs) so you guys get it. And she is cursed. She has fallen into a family curse that requires one of her family members, currently it is her, to stay at this hotel forever. They can't move more than five miles away, you know, further, so she can go into town for groceries and shit. Until there is a two-week span with no guests. As as soon as you get to two full weeks of no guests, she's able to leave. The spell, the the curse will be broken. She will have satisfied the the duties. So she's sitting outside because she's got five more minutes. It has been (laughs) almost two weeks since her last guest. And if she can just make it through five more minutes and no one shows up to rent a room, she's going to get to be free. She can go back to her life. It's been six years that she's been living like this Mm -hmm. since her aunt tricked her into it. Naturally. (laughs) One minute A giant troop of motorcycles pulls up. (laughs) inquiring about rooms and accepts them one minute before the deadline (laughs) passes seconds (laughs) seconds before she gets to the deadline and not only that but they indicate that they will be staying at least a week possibly longer so she knows her new clock won't even start for another week or so And this is the only time it's likely for her to not have guests because it's the, it's it's winter season where the you know the shores, the beach, the all the attractions are shut down and closed for the season, and so she knows if she can make it through, like get out of there in the winter, she won't have to you know live through another summer where guests are going to show up regardless of whether she wants them to or not. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So she rents out the rooms, all the rooms to all these biker dudes and girls. There's some biker girls in the mm-hmm. gang. And she can tell there's something a little bit off about the main guy. His eyes are too gold and too sparkly. And she's like, what's going on with this? <laughs> and a couple, you know, a couple days pass and the main leader wakes up and his name is Heath. And he's immediately like, hey, I think you're my mate. <laughs> 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 and I'm attracted to you. And she's like, you 
by now she's found out all of the bikers are fairies. So she, mm-hmm. so the, the beans have been spilt by the bikers. And it's okay because Simone kind of knows a little bit about magic, seeing as she's in a cursed family. <laughs> she's been there for six years. <laughs> she's talked to Hestia, the goddess that has cursed them. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of like, okay, magic supernatural shit exists so when they you know come out as fairies she's like "Mm, all right i guess but this whole new i'm your fated mate situation with the the leader of the gang heath who's been unconscious for like two days that's a little bit of a surprise so we meet them he kind of starts to explain his life not very well i think he's not very good at this (laughs) (laughs) explain explaining to mortals what's going on but turns out she might not be as mortal as she thought Mm. she was Mm -hmm. he is the prince of the fairies of the she his mom and dad are king and queen but apparently they're tyrants they're not very good people and so he and his gang do they're in service they have to provide service to the royal family for x number of years depending on their sentence and so their service is to run around in the real world the human world and track down rogue fae who are causing problems and take them back to the realm dispatching of them but he also does kind of a cool thing of they don't track all of them down just the bad ones that kind of suck mm-hmm. and are causing problems for humans they put those ones back but they also are kind of sheltering other runaways that are just trying to escape the wrath of his mother who's a terrible person so he's explaining all of this to her and how she's obviously from the fairy at some point she must be maybe half we'll figure this out in a bit and you're my mate and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> And to prove it, he shows her how they can break the curse. Well, not really break the curse, but subvert it. Because since they are mated, as soon as he's there, she can leave. Mm -hmm. Or even his sister. If his sister stays, they can leave the five-mile radius of the hotel. It's like if there's a proxy or something that can stand in her place for the curse. Yeah. Well, because it, it, but it has it to be relational. Like any family member could take on the curse, yeah. and so grandma, like the original grandma or great grandmother who was cursed, ditched you know one of her kids there or something, and then and then her aunt did it to her. Yeah, her aunt was like, "Hey, I just need to run to the store for a minute. Would you hold the fort for a second? I'll I'll be right back." And then she like beeline the fuck out, mm-hmm. and then left a note was like, "Sorry, bitch, you're <laughs> stuck now." So there's this curse, but anyway, so. To prove their link, their connection, the fact that now these other fairy relations can stay in her place, he takes her out to go visit the fairylands, the the fairy realm. And they they have a bunch of adventures. She's really recalcitrant about, uh, or reluctant, that's probably more of a correct term, about the whole relationship. I'm raising my hand. I don't know that word (laughs) at all. New word. She, she's like, I just want to, this is not how courtship goes. You don't just start like kissing me and like all this stuff. It's mm-hmm. not the way it's supposed to be. And he's like, okay, I'll I'll back off a bit. Let's, you know, like see why you don't feel so comfortable. He's kind of experienced or like getting off of her that she's blocked somehow. Yeah. Like her magic has been intentionally suppressed. They kind of investigate. She goes and meets her grandfather and he can see it too. He's like, oh, your mom put a whammy on you. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. like she locked you down she didn't want people finding you um no our calcitrant also works having an obstinately uncooperative attitude okay authority or discipline that's exactly what she has no nope. <laughs> she really that's the perfect one that's more re- that's better than reluctant works. i just was like i started second guessing my ability to know what it was no that's a perfect Perfect word. So they, yeah, they're running around. They're going on adventures. He tracks down a couple more runaways or, you know, fugitives from the realm. Some good, some bad. Like, he he helps one maid escape who was about ready to, like, be punished by his mother. He takes somebody who's been causing trouble in the the human world back. I mean, he's doing all this stuff to try and show her. Because she also says, you're just a bunch of fairy thugs. Mm -hmm. And and they kind of do look like it. They're a biker gang, remember? Leather and all of that. But they are principled. Like, he's incredibly principled. Mm-hmm. And he knows that his mom is insane and, like, cruel and, and is ruling the fairy in a terrible way that's not healthy for any of them. And so he's trying to do what he can. Like, 
free those ones that are innocent and need freeing. But, you know, yeah, you got to bring the hammer down on assholes. Like there was one who was, he was a quarter fairy and he was just hanging out in a park harassing droggers. Yeah, sexually harassing like Just like ver- yeah, verbally like, uh, accosting but, people. Yeah, catcalling them. Yes. And just doing that for shits and giggles. And then they were pretty sure eventually he'd escalate to violence. And it's like, what the fuck, fairy dude? Yeah, Go yeah. somewhere else. Go do something. Why are you there? Do you have nothing better you can do with your life than yell at joggers? Yes. (laughs) But anyway, so she meets her grandfather and she's all like misty eyed about it because it's pretty sweet. I think that's really It was a very sweet scene. I liked that scene. It turns out she's more than just a fairy. She's a really special kind of fairy. She's a key which can open up realms and pathways between spaces and between locations. Like a portal. Basically, she has portal technology (laughs) as her power. (laughs) Installed into her body. (laughs) So she can do that, which is super useful, but she doesn't really get control of it till right at the very end. And then in the meantime, yeah, they're fighting. They're they're arguing. You know, he's trying to be sweet, but he also is like, man, bitch, I really love you. Why won't you love me back? (laughs) And she's like, well, I like you. I do, but I just don't understand this whole marriage thing um and then eventually like there's you know we get some sexy times they come along and it takes a while and it even takes a little help from his uh second in command tom (laughs) christ was that good anyway uh i mean uh, there's a lot of stuff uh, nothing really gets resolved. We meet the mom. We meet her mom by the end, and we do meet her father. It turns out her father's not who she thought he was the whole time. Mm-hmm. Just a, a normal human that um, her mom was hanging around with during her childhood. Instead, he is a chieftain, an African chieftain, and has incredible powers of her own of his own. We aren't sure if he's considered a fairy or not. Like right. he's magical of some sort, but there's all these different magical beings that they've kind of met that are kind of like in the fairy world, but also so different we're not sure Mm -hmm. so that can all be explained in future books i'm assuming but she's starting to push past her block and it turns out it's not even her block it was a magical block put on her by her father to reject her mate (laughs) oh that's right he did say that in the end yeah like she had because every time he she gets close to him and her her desire is to touch him and be with him she gets this strong urge to repel to go away yeah and it turns out that's the magical mojo that her father put on her to repel because she's had sexual you know interests like when she back before she found out all of this she was you know in college and 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 but not with her mate but not with her mate and so and none of that repelled her so it's not just Mm -hmm. a repel all men situation oh block yeah (laughs) it's more of a very specific like either maybe just repel fairies but no because she doesn't repel tom so it's just repel her mate it's just her mate yeah. yeah, so she has That's to. Right. So she's working against power that has been put on her to kind of hopefully keep her safe. I think is probably the idea of it. But now that she's met her mate, she's like, no, I want, <laughs> I want to uh, be with him. But can this, you lift it, please? Let's take this block down. So. <laughs> Which I also would want to not have on me. Oh, yeah, she situation. totally fights it. Yeah, oh she yeah, totally fights it though. She goes through with a lot of things. So, and they're together in the end, and they're still. She still has that reluctance of the whole marriage thing. <laughs> yeah but but i think obviously she gives in this i mean this world is just being built yeah built a really intricate world we're getting a lot of a lot of just the the foundations for Mm -hmm. what the stories will be in the future books i'm assuming because yeah yeah we i mean even to the point where the women around simone so like her her friend from college and this uh, waitress who she's become friendly with because it's one of the few restaurants within her five-mile bubble. <laughs> yes. She goes and she's hanging out with them one day and they see the fairies and the fairies instantly, like two of the fairies, Ethan and just, Sully, just like, are like obviously in love. like, oh my God, it's my mate. And she's like, shut it's up. No, oh, they don't know about fairies yet. So the whole thing is kind of being set off by the gods are doing something weird. Like Hestia put this in motion. She mentions to Simone that she never wanted her to be caught in the uh, yeah. curse. That this was really supposed to be her great grandmother's curse, but yes. she she didn't fulfill the terms. And so now it's being passed down through this family. And now that we know that that's, because that's the side of her family that she thought was her father's, but it's not even her father's. So I'd be no. like, bitch, I don't belong in that family. That's right. But I think Mm because at the time she thought he was her father, that's how she was connected to them. Don't you think? I think so. And even that still is a little bit like, 
because you still you meet the father at the very very end her real father her real father yeah but that's not it's not his family wait the curse is in the man who she thought was her father's family so her mom at one point she said until she was 13 she lived with her mother and a father i'm going to use quotes quote unquote father she was always under the impression that was her father then they got divorced and she started just living with her mother and it's his family that like his sister that got her trapped got stuck in the Mm -hmm. right but now we're finding out that man was never her father so it doesn't even seem like it should work i know but i think because the attention was like as far as she was concerned they were family it feels like fairy magic would work along that kind of line too so it doesn't have to be bloodlines yeah but it's more just like familial familial and if you believe to be part of a family that's true because what what if she was adopted exactly and it doesn't matter you're still part of that family family. so okay until now that she's realizing hey she really isn't part of their family (laughs) okay that is thank you for saying that because that is one of the i did get confused a lot in this book and i did go off trail on that because all of a sudden there were three parents involved yeah so I got super confused because then when the dad came, her actual real dad, her father, who is this powerful chieftain, fae, chieftain, I was like, wait a minute! I was <laughs> so I was I was confused by it. There were different plot holes. Well, not holes, but that just, makes yeah. Sense. I guess plots mm-hmm. or different segues or whatever it is. But okay, I got it now. But you're right. It doesn't seem like if it was bound by blood, which it's not, Mm-mm. then it wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, these gods, they're always fucking with people. It doesn't matter what book we're reading. <laughs> yeah, they're really, they're difficult. It's mm-hmm. hard to have a have gods hanging around messing up people's lives. Hestia sounds really fun, though. <laughs> I know. And I love that you can just call her because... Sometimes in books, like, they're very distant, the gods are, and you, yeah. you don't have direct access to them. But she just walks mm-hmm. over. I think she tickles the painting with the hearth on it. and Because yeah. yep. it's called the Hearth Motel, because Hestia is the goddess of hearth and home. Mm-hmm. So it's the Hearth Hotel, and she... And it actually sounds like a fun place. I also love how, how much the fairies have adopted it as a home base. Yeah, and they're, like, building a house in the back. Oh, and oh. just like Siobhan just... is like, I have plans, yes. girl. <laughs> she She's... To- she came in and was like, and Siobhan is Heath's sister, yes. little sister. And yeah, as soon as they came in and discovered that, you know, because she is, Simone now is the princess, <laughs> even though she's denying and all the marriage and everything. Oh, but everybody does step up and starts taking care of her almost immediately. And this whole situation and and everything. So I do like Siob- Siobhan a lot. I love Tom. Oh my God. Can I, I really know more about Tom. Tom? Yeah, I can't wait for Tom's book. He's so mysterious. It's not the next one. The next one's not Tom, so. Is it Siobhan's? Uh, no, no. The next book is. It's one of the ones with the friends. Yeah, what was her name? Daisha? Oh, she did have a difficult name, didn't she? Daisha. I don't remember. Daisha. Daisha. Something like that. Dasha. Dasha. There we go. And Ethan. Dasha and Ethan. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so when this book first started and she started talking, I swear to God, I thought we were getting into a pirate book. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she's got the southern... No, well, I guess because I knew it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, as soon as she was, it's like, ooh, pirate motorcycles. That's weird. They're like land pirates <laughs> that are going to be in a motorcycle gang, but they're on the coast, so they could still get on their ship. But then I was like, oh, no, that's... That's like an Irish, Scottish, Celtic accent that she's trying to do. Yeah. I don't hate Piper as a narrator. I just wish it was someone else. Does that sound bad? I <laughs> wish it was someone else with her. I would have kept her oh, okay. for the women and I would have added a man's voice for... Yeah. Because Heath and all of the fairies have Irish accents and it's all I want is to hear mm. <sighs> a really good sexy man voice for that. <laughs> Those are my fucking she did a, favorite. She did a fine job. She had a good good male character voices Mm -hmm. it's just you know they weren't men (laughs) no they 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 weren't men but she still did her job because i fucking love heath and i love tom Tom. even though the way that they you know the way that she expressed them were a little bit harder because she's not a male god how fucking sexy is tom even heath heath is so good with simone i he's so good with her even though he keeps pushing the the agenda that you know you're my wife just deal with it you don't worry we're, we're already married it's as good as as it said and yeah so like that was really hard for her because she's like no stop saying that we are not married i am not your wife i get to choose who i want to be with 
the whole faded yeah. meat thing starts creeping back up. Yeah, but he is very like he's super because he because he's always like, well, don't you want me? And she's like, well, yes, I do. That's not the point. <laughs> and it's like, well, kinda. That might kind of yeah. actually be the point. And but he, I want it to be my choice. Well, wanting him is. <laughs> A cho- like you want him just go with it um but he doesn't force himself on her right. in a way like that could be and i and he also doesn't seem like super aggressively alpha i think i loved mm. i loved what mm-hmm. they did with the fairy sexuality and that yes it's very fluid they're like we don't it's have open a norm there isn't yeah. a normative sexuality in fairy worlds so like our default norm is hetero that's what people think mm-hmm. of when they think of sexuality and that's what you know society pushes so hard as the yeah. you know the baseline and anything else from it is a divergent right mm-hmm. but in the fairy world it's they're just like if you see someone you want to fuck you fuck them yeah <laughs> Well, part of it is because they're always, they know that they have faded mates out there and that's who they're waiting for and looking Mm -hmm. for. And in the meantime, you know, you don't want to be alone or anything. You might, they're very sexual beings. They love skin touch, like skin to skin contact is very important for the fairies. And so they they engage in all kinds of sexual activity, just knowing, well, this isn't my mate, so it doesn't have any deeper meaning right. than sex. Yeah. And it can be with men, with women, with both, with multiple partners, with like group orgies, like it's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I love I love that open concept. <laughs> Yes. An open concert, just like a well, big... because these two super masculine looking, like male, like giant, like over six foot four... Motorcycle Motorcycle, black leather, long hair, tattoos... And they're like, oh, yeah, we watch each other have sex all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just uh, like, huh? There'll be many times where we'll be doing it and Tom will be in the room. <laughs> you know. And it starts out in this book. Like, it's so one of, good. I think it's their second time kind of together. Because he, uh, he comes into the dressing room with her when she's trying to buy mm. some clothes at one point. Yes. And is like, your body wants me. I can tell you want me. And she's all like, uh-huh. yeah, I know. And so she, she lets him, he fingers her and uh-huh. gets her released in the, in the dressing <gasps> yeah. room. And then mm-hmm. she buys all of the jeans. Because I would definitely buy whatever jeans I was wearing if that happened. I'd be like, what? These jeans? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to come back. I'm going to buy one jean at a time. We're going to try it out every single time. <laughs> but then later, because he could tell that she's she pulls away from him. And so he's yeah, like, I don't know what's going on. We have to kind of figure it. Because he's already by now sensing it's magical. Like that there's mm-hmm. something in her block that is causing her to react this way to him too. It's more than yeah yeah so she they bring tom into the room and with tom there she is a lot more open she's like Mm -hmm. because she can just like pretend she's talking to tom and not heath i think (laughs) (laughs) and so it gets real dirty it gets real good i love i think the most attractive thing about that is that there isn't any jealousy in that when they're sharing with each other because there are some parts where he does talk about or want to beat up like past lovers it doesn't come out very often but i think at one point it does say something about that but not with so the jealousy doesn't come out with with like tom or anybody else that's in there little exactly he's like no i know that you know this is just how we are we can Mm -hmm. share this experience in this way without it being it's not threatening to him yeah like he knows and tom knows like that's not his mate he actually tom's already knows who his mate are mm-hmm. but he's got it he's got a curse that's also how like preventing oh. him from being able to do anything about having mates that is a really fucking rough curse that he's got <laughs> i feel so bad for him yeah he his dick doesn't work <laughs> it just doesn't unless like apparently it works in very specific situations and they don't know which ones and so while they're to get like while he's kind of there helping simone figure out why she's having the reaction she's having to he his dick works and he's like whoa whoa yep. it hasn't worked got, in like, years <laughs> massive blue balls because he's got a raging boner and he doesn't know what to do <laughs> he hasn't had one in years and he's just like this is not great <laughs> yeah that's a really good scene so they don't actually have any intercourse no but they're fooling around big time well that's part of what i love so much about heath is because mm-hmm. he knew that until she accepted him he wasn't gonna fuck her no he denied her a lot and he she was, wanted to fuck she's like i just want your dick and he's like no we're not That's there not, yet yeah. you don't like me yet <laughs> you know like you're kind it's of like so me good. but you don't like me enough yet 
And so yeah. he he does he pleasures her a couple different ways in different times. Mm-hmm. But she basically is like, okay, I think we can have sex now. And he's like, no, I'll, I'll, right. we'll know ready. when it's time. And mm-hmm. and he's in his own mind, he's like, I need a goddamn award for my resistance here because. <laughs> Yes. It is hard. I like her a lot. She's my mate yep. and I love her and she's beautiful and I just want to touch her and fuck her and I can't mm-hmm. because she's got this weird block shit and I got to yep. wait until she figures that out. Mm-hmm. He's really He good. knows that she's inebriated somehow. <laughs> Not inebriated, but like, yeah, he's yeah. totally respecting that boundary, I guess. Yeah. Even though she's giving him permission, but he just knows so much. It's deeper. It goes a lot deeper than that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, don't. He and Tom don't fuck her, but, well, I mean, he kind of mouth fucks her, but. He does. He, he mouth fucks her <laughs> a lot. Well, and then Tom put plays with her, oh. her breast and her, you know, the nipple play and, <laughs> you know. Oh. And she's just like, whoa. This is, I mean, two guys at once, like two hot guys at once. And one of them is, quote unquote, my mate. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just, that's not something. I love that dynamic of it. It's just, it's so attractive to me. I mean, think about being in that situation. You might be a little bit hesitant like she is too, but God, how fucking hot would that be? Well, and I think it just, the like relationship between the two guys and the... Yeah, because Tom's like his like second in command. Yeah, and they are just, they are in a relationship, like they have a bond, but it's not sexual or, you know, attractive, but it's just, they're so comfortable. I think that's the thing. It was so comfortable. Like even, mm-hmm. we've read a couple of reverse harem books and while all the men are friends and, and comfortable with each other I didn't get as much comfort out of those scenes as I got out of this one yeah like this they one just really because honestly it really was Tom was there as like <laughs> he was just like a sex help <laughs> or sex guru <laughs> like and a lot of the things that Heath was saying about how sometimes one-on-one is too intimate and too mm. overwhelming like in he was worried about all of the emotions and feelings and, it, and then you throw magic in and you get a whole different situation and so he was like, no, I can't. I think it's easier if we have Tom here because now we're just talking, right? And, you know, and then yeah. while we're talking, we're touching. And while we're touching, mm-hmm. we're, you know, licking and stuff. But it's not it's not so one-on-one, just like partner to partner. It, it gives you yeah. a little bit more. I like the way they talked about it in the book and I like the way it read. Yeah, it was actually one of the more sensual threesome-ish oh. Way. experiences that we've had because as much as we or i don't like talking during yeah well they no, weren't no. having sex but during intimacy this was just like a slow introduction to what is going to be her life mm-hmm. as his wife as a she and it's just it was just such a good scene <laughs> and funny so it was awkwardly funny and sensual it felt at the same so time. real <laughs> yes and they're fairies did. and there's so much about it that isn't real but i was just like I love this scene so much, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is so funny because when I was looking up books and um, I found this one and I read, I don't read, I don't like to read a ton of reviews because you never, you know, people's opinions are people's opinions and they're never, you know, that doesn't mean whether you're going to like it or not. But I like to read like the, just the synopsis of the book and then a handful of reviews, just kind of quick blurbs just to see if people are more liking it than not. And the first one on Audible, the very top one, is a negative review about how it, it was okay the book was okay and then they got dropped in the middle of a threesome and they returned the book they were so upset and i was like oh done then i'm definitely adding this book Fucking to the list done. thank you for writing that review because now it's on a podcast <laughs> I, it's, like i get it you don't like it that's cool don't don't read it return i i don't support returning books but that's a whole other conversation <laughs> it's really it's really harmful to the authors especially oh yeah i bet i get it if there's something wrong with a book and you cannot read it or listen to it because it mm-hmm. actually has a default but just because you didn't like it that's not an excuse to return something like yeah you get to return things that don't fit or won't function but not mm-hmm. i didn't enjoy something like no sorry too, like it offended it offended her so much too late that uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know anyway sorry that's a tangent but yeah that somebody's negative review is the thing that is was like oh yeah <laughs> i want to read about a threesome done oh, yes <laughs> we it's been a while since we've had a harem book so it has and this is i mean like we and this was not a harem barely, it not. wasn't a harem i mean because he has to tom was like looking down at his dick he's like it's hard and it hurts <laughs> Well, even Heath was like, what the hell? As soon as his yes. dick was out, he was like, what, yes. buddy, your dick doesn't work. Yes. 
and it was just did he actually like pull it out and stuff yes he pulled it out and mm. God, like yeah that's like like three pumps thing. three pumps came. <laughs> yeah and that's and when was, she like, was cool. like simone was like oh why don't you have more stamina and he's all like i yeah. haven't used it in years <laughs> It doesn't work. <laughs> Usually, you understand, Mike. But apparently, it works around you. Wait, did he do that on the bed, or yeah. did he go in the bathroom? No, he didn't right there on the bed. Oh, I thought he went to the bathroom. He went to that. clean up after because he, he had up. said he had a sticky stomach. <laughs> That's why. Okay, I was like, how did was that pre cum? I thought he'd finished in the bathroom. No, oh, yeah, no. Okay, right okay. there. <laughs> mm, and that is why she. Because I do remember that comment. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, no, I loved the sexual attention in this book, mainly because fucking Heath is just so good with her. And then, you know, they go on all of these, like, adventures and, and all this other stuff and jobs that they have to do as assassins, well, mercenaries. mercenaries, <laughs> I think, more than assassins. I think the, okay. the description calls them assassins, but they're really more mercenaries or bounty hunters even than... Bounty hunters, yeah. Although our next book is actual bounty hunters, so... <laughs> oops. <laughs> it is. And I think motorcycles, oops, apparently we're, I'm in a theme. Oh. I'm, in a, I'm in a genre. <laughs> <laughs> you get in a mood we're in this mood you it's know all good. it happens you guys mm, i love that i do too and and so it's so funny because she keeps kind of pushing for sex for a while and he's just shuts her down he's like no not yet yeah. not yet you know we got to do this other shit and we got this stuff to do and blah 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 and then he goes away she gets left at the hotel for a while because he has to go run an errand or something and he's gone for quite a like i think a week or so mm-hmm. and by the end she is like when are you coming back and she's so she's yeah. starting to feel like the actual connection to him like being yeah. away from him is not it kind of hurts her she's like i really miss him and she's starting to feel her powers more too because her grandfather when she met him ferguson in the tunnels uh the fey realm he tr- he was gonna try to help her unblock and he didn't have the time but he did some little magic to her which i think was the spark of unblocking her and ever since then her magic's been coming forward she can now see auras around people and she can see how they change yep and she's starting to kind of her her fairy intuition is really kicking in and she's seeing people like as soon as her friend dasha shows up and ethan looks at her she's like she could feel that okay they're obviously needed and then she has another thought she's like well if that happened what about my friend at the restaurant so she invites her you know she invites the fairies to the restaurant with her and immediately one of them is attracted another one (laughs) attracted to the waitress zinnia and so she's already she's starting to learn her intuition and kind of figure out how the magic is working and she can kind of see the connections and the magic and and that's allowing her true feelings for Heath to really come through because yeah. she is his mate and so she has the same strong mate feelings for him that he has for her hers have just been suppressed by that other magic from her father and now she's breaking through yeah and Heath is actually you know helping her I guess control her emotions a little bit too because that's his powers right his powers are like he can yeah energy and calm? emotional control mm. energy control yeah well, in one of the scenes where they're kind of like he's off trying to catch somebody, some of the queen's guards ambush them, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere, she beats the ever living shit out of this dude. <laughs> she sort of reminds me of Charlie. I love her. in some aspects, except that like Charlie's always known she's gonna beat people yes. up, whereas Simone kind of was like, "Where the fuck did that yeah. come from?" <laughs> no, it was inside of her. Hers comes out very seldom, but when it does, she's incredibly aggressive and she's and. Really and really strong good. and she, she and, the, and he just sits back and lets her pummel these dudes like yes i ain't gonna get involved it. you started this <laughs> he like pulls up a chair inside the hotel room and just lets her like beat them all of the girls yeah. beat up the guards yeah so. <laughs> and he's just watching <laughs> but it, yeah but it really did take him leaving that one time for her to finally go mm-hmm. oh no i really need you i want you i'm interested in being at least your girlfriend <laughs> Which he's never had before. He's never had a girlfriend. He's never had a... She's like, are you a virgin? <laughs> he's like, no. He's like, no, I just have never had a girlfriend. I fuck all the time. Well, he did. He did. Until he, until he got his maid. Yes. But yeah. So, hey, let's do our kiss and tell since we're sort of talking about that. Okay. So as they discuss their past of, <laughs> of him never having a girlfriend... <laughs> 
and her of having a few. There's the topic of how many partners you've had and that conversation that you have with your partner about how many partners they've had. And so our kiss and tell for this episode is going to be if we've had that conversation, how we feel about discussing that with our partners, uh, if it's any of our business or if we want to know or just, you know, Mm -hmm. thoughts around that. And we can also share how many partners we've had. (laughs) Yeah. So... I don't think they ever actually share numbers with each other, but it does keep coming no. up where he's like, she's just really obsessed with the idea that he's had so many women and he's just like, well, you know, I'm a fairy. It's what happens. Yeah. Do you want to know how many? I'll tell you if you want to. And it's and it's, apparently like, it's, it's no. within her right as a fairy to then go beat them up if she feels the need, which is like, <laughs> that's a terrible system. That's a little over the top. <laughs> but... You know, she doesn't actually ever ask him for his numbers. But then she, he also, like, he expresses jealousy that she has been with people before him. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, well, yeah, I'm almost 30. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. You know, it's happened. It's a thing. Yeah. It happened. So I don't ever, I don't think I've ever had that conversation with a partner. I can't remember having had one um, where we've explicitly discussed past relations. Like, you know, generically, like... I just got out of a relationship or it's been a while or something like mm-hmm. that, but not like let's go through the list or anything. Cause I don't, I don't think it's important for a current relationship for that information. I mean, you just, especially at our age now, like it would have been one thing in our like teens or whatever, but uh-huh. you know, at almost 40, I'm like going to assume there's a past. <laughs> I have a past. You have a past. Cool. Let's not discuss it. I don't need to know anything. I mean, unless you're the 40 year old version, then that would be the, you need to talk the about one that piece i would like to know in advance would be if you haven't had none that's important <laughs> info because that's a different approach then we got to take things differently i also would like i mean obviously i think if you have the baggage of like children that would yes. be something too of course uh, you should share yes. with people don't keep that <laughs> hidden but other than that yeah i don't know i don't ask i don't tell i don't mm-hmm. ever want to talk about it <laughs> yeah i just i'm like nah that's not important. Yeah. And that was that that was Simone's thought process on that as well. Didn't she's like I don't want to know about Mm-mm. all of your past ladies. So for me I don't really care. It's not a big deal for me. I have I know all of Dan's past partners. Um, well, I you guys have been personally. together 20 fucking years, so Okay. <laughs> a little different it is a little different but i think even early on in the relationship it did that number didn't matter to me no no i'm just saying because of how young you guys were when you got together the numbers are mm-hmm. going to be i mean they could still be high i know people can have higher numbers but it's still like you were still so young so it's, yeah. i think it is something that gets talked about a little bit more at that age whereas could you imagine me meeting someone now like at like 40 you know who's yes. like 43 and just being like <laughs> we need to sit down and discuss everything i mean and we had gone to school with you know together so you did actually know some of them know some of them because they were in school like that's what Mm -hmm. happens in high schools you know yes happens right so i i think it makes sense that you guys know because of Mm -hmm. the age at which you were when you got together and how long you've been together whereas i'm not gonna have that like let's with a new partner 25 years of sexual activity together (laughs) that's dumb as shit I think having a sit down and be like, okay, we need to talk about this is unnecessary. Yeah. But I think if it comes up like casually and it's just there, then it's happened. Like it's just part of the conversation, right? But I don't think that anybody should sit down and be like, this is very important to me and I need to know, is it more than 10? It's it's a little <laughs> creepy if they have to know, especially yeah. a very specific number or something. I feel yeah. like that indicates a lot of insecurity and that's going to have bigger ramifications yes. for a relationship than just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, I am dating. I'm trying to date, you know, I'm going out on dates and every time because I think it's important to mention it early and to not be a surprise, I tell people I still live with my ex. He's just gay mm-hmm. now. <laughs> like, you know, cuz yeah, cuz men can be weird about that, yes. like cohabitating with an ex-partner. I would never choose to do that generally. And so I don't want it to be as if I'm trying to keep secrets or surprise and I don't want them to ever yeah. feel jealousy or weird about it. So I have to go with the like, okay, so just so you know, I have my own house, but I have a roommate, and my roommate mm-hmm. is my ex, but he's gay now, so it's fine. So just, like, <laughs> put that in your knowledge bank, and now let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, and it's a great, just like you said, it's good to have that that basis, that foundation down and be like, look, this is my situation. There's not going to be any surprises. Do you have kids? <laughs> yeah, do you have fucking kids? <laughs> right, I don't care if you're divorced. I don't care. Like, that's all Well, I mean, I care if you're news. married and not divorced. I care I about that. I do care that. about that. <laughs> 
but I need to know if there's like extra people in your lives that are yeah. going to affect us in one way or the other. Yeah, yeah definitely. That was just a, a conversation yeah. that they'd had as they're having one of their, their men. They spent a lot of time in the, the bedroom in this book. I mean, they spent a lot of time traveling. Too. I was going to say, I don't feel they spend much time. In fact, I they honestly don't do was sexually. like, why aren't we in the bedroom more? I feel like a lot of their conversations happen in the bedroom. But even if they're not, like, fooling around. Yeah. Because then it's just them two, where it's, like, a little bit deeper That's true, because there's always other people around. Mm -hmm. What did you think about the spanking scene? Or are we done with our kiss and tell, or are we going to keep talking about it? No, we're good. I think that's good. I think so, too. Okay. That was, like, early on, wasn't it, when he was doing the spankings? Or did it it happen? No. It was kind of in the middle. Was this before or after Tom? It was... After. It was after the first scene with Tom, but before they actually had sex, which was the second scene with Tom. Okay. It was... In between it was when they were at the hotel i forget you'll have to explain it to me why I they had gone they'd gone somewhere oh, so so they so they so the tom scene happened when they took the two women fugitives the mom and the and the daughter to that mm-hmm. group of ex-vikings in the southwest i don't remember yeah. where, somewhere in the southwest and then tom stayed with that group to help they were trying to find the queen's brother so he stayed mm. with them for a while so tom stayed and Heath and Simone went to Ohio because they had to go capture. It was that gross guy who was talking to the joggers. <laughs> the joggers, yeah. And okay. when they captured him, they also got attacked by the Queen's guards. Yes. And then they had the other, the rest of the troop, all the girls, flew out and met them. And they took them all to a hotel so they could interrogate the guards. That's right? when they started beating them up. Yes. So okay. she and Heath go off and go to dinner because the, 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 other, the women's fairies are beating up the guards trying to get information out of them and mm-hmm. they go to dinner and during dinner somehow it came up like she needed his dominance where she was just like oh. i need you to just take control and tell me some, you know because obviously she's still yes. she's still kind of repelling yes. his attentions and she doesn't want to she really doesn't want to so she she has two warring things in her head that is like she's confused by him so he takes her back up to the room and just starts smacking her ass that's <laughs> Yes, and I actually think we've talked about like attention to the ass before oh, and how much we love it. Love it. I yeah. No, I don't want it painfully. No. Okay. I had better be able to sit the fuck down the next day or I'm going to be There pissed. better not be a fucking handprint on my ass because that is abuse. <laughs> I just don't want well, it that well. I can't, For me it is. I can't say that because literally I get handprints just from oh, like, oh my god, touching. No, you, so. you just put your jeans on. It's already bruised. Ow. That's just <laughs> But I love, I love attention to the butt. I do too. It's it's just so... whether it's a pat or a Even just a petting, little slap, a little and slap then a is rub. Fine. Oh, oh, I love getting my butt rubbed. <laughs> I love it so much. I don't, I love the butt play. I think it's fun. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's sexy. It's... And she's got like a nice round oh, booty. I know. You know, she's, she's got that beautiful round butt. Beautiful round butt, and he's just like. He's got lots of self-control, man. Because even there, he doesn't fuck her. No, he just won't do it. Shit, I was getting frustrated for her. Oh, like, I understood oh, why. I was a bottle of blue <laughs> bulba or whatever the hell. Yes, I was so blue pissed. Bulba. I was like, where the fuck is this dick? Also, because he's very proud of his dick. And... <laughs> Like, in the very, very <laughs> early scenes, like, when he's still kind of recovering. Like, when he shows up at the hotel, he's barely conscious because he's yeah. recovering from... He does a thing where he sucks power and or energy. So he siphoned off a bunch of energy, but then he had to use it for some... I think he had to use it to heal people or whatever. Anyway, he used too much energy. And so he was depleted. So in, the only way he can get it back is either somebody who's compatible with him can give him some energy, or he just has to sleep it off until he recovers. So he's basically passed out for a couple of days but he keeps noticing her every time she comes into the room and at Mm -hmm. one point his pants get too tight and he unbuttons them (laughs) underneath the cloth underneath the bed covers so he can get the space and he's like he has a memory of he told his tailor he needed extra room for his cock and his tailor made his pants tighter didn't believe him (laughs) he didn't believe him but apparently he just thought he was literally a cocky asshole he has a giant dick Mm -hmm. and he's very proud of it but he doesn't use it for so long and i'm just like oh my god buddy you are killing me and i don't know how simone didn't fucking attack him oh well she she was still trying to fight with everything else that was happening to her but i also like i mean i guess she didn't really spend much time away from him but there would be plenty of times where i'm like uh i gotta go uh (laughs) 
um, <laughs> um, filled some laundry. Uh, yep, don't follow me. I have me. to go wash dishes <laughs> in my bedroom. Can you please leave me alone for a second? <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I just, I love the relationship between these two. Yeah, I do too. It's so, because then they finally do have sex and Tom is there again. He just isn't participating, yeah. but no. apparently he's there because Heath was concerned that if they were so compatible, there's a type of compatibility in the fairy realm where when you have sex and orgasm, your magic melds and you kind of basically, you astral project out of your body. <laughs> Which is, I th- that sort of happened. Well, yes. Okay. I think I'm talking about something else. But yeah. she saw a double of him that one time they were messing around. Yeah, she kind of started to see it once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it really did happen when they had final intercourse. And Mm -hmm. they were both apart from their bodies. And she's all like, whoa, what's happening? Because she could see herself down on the ground. like, Uh And apparently, you you know, it means that your body's really vulnerable. So that's why Tom was there in case somebody attacked them while they were separated from their bodies. Mm -hmm. So she then, they, they, they came back. Back and then he had to explain more creepy fairy magic shit to her. <laughs> like, what happens yes. to fairies? You'll get used to it. <laughs> but anyway, they're so cute. They are so cute. How how would you feel <laughs> in that? Like, it's sexy. The The sex scene is great. But Tom is there. Yeah. And he gets to watch. So it's not like his back is... I mean, why not? He's already masturbated in front of her. He's already but, watched her get orally pleasured. It's just complete, all sorts it's totally of stuff. naked, so whatever. Yes, complete. So, yeah, but I mean, like... Like for Simone, she thinks it's pretty hot. Yeah. I think it's pretty hot. But God, can you imagine that situation in real life? No, I have a hard time thinking about that in real life. But (laughs) I mean, because if you really think about it, then you have to think about like, it would have to be us, right? Because we're the like, they're, they're such close friends. You'd have to think about who are my friends. That's that's true. That's who would be in the room. And I don't want any of you guys in the room. That's 100%. Like, listen. That would be the situation, right? And I just am not okay with that. Yeah, you're right, because they are close. And it wouldn't be just like some random dude. No. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. So it'd be like Dan's best friend sitting in the corner. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. I just... I know. I know. (laughs) No. (laughs) I know. That's the thing, is it's really hot and sexy in this book, because they're all fake characters, and I can just be really attracted to them all, but... When you start to think practically about things, you're like, meh. Okay, in real life, maybe not so much. Oh my god, you're right. I never even thought of it like that. Is it Heath and Tom are strangers to me, so to me yeah, it's hot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's super hot. <laughs> but if it's just Dan's best friend in the corner, or like you in the corner of Emily and Ryan's room. <laughs> oh, stop, stop it. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Because <laughs> that's what the reality would be. <laughs> Did you hear that, Emily? <laughs> That's me. The next time you guys get down, I'm standing in the corner of your room. Just imagine that. Oh, we just ruined sex for everybody. Oh, at least for Emily. (laughs) Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Emily. Oh, that's great. I love it. I love it. (laughs) But see, that's why we don't really, really want this. We just want to read this. That's true. Yes. I mean, mean, that's what I want. I just like reading it. No, I for, think yeah, the reality for me, Tom of it would, have would be... to be a stranger. Yeah, but then that might even be. Well, I mean, you guys have been together forever, so maybe not. <laughs> but like for me, I'd be like, no, nobody. I barely want you in the room. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just you're attached. Yeah, and I <laughs> can't use one thing without the other. Yeah, shame that. Oh, wait, they made they did make some things, so they did. Okay. So do you have a fun fuck fact for us? I do. I have one that kind of talks to some of the topics we were talking about with partners, number of partners, and more trends, kind of where we are societally now with sex. And obviously this is just general studies. They're not like everybody. But so this article is from theguardian.com and it's called Quality Over Quantity, Gen Z's Sex Recession Looks More Like an Upturn. And it's by Meg Watson from February 2020. 
And so there was a lot of articles out kind of in 1920 before before the pandemic, because then everything was about the pandemic, but about the changing attitudes towards sex of the younger generations, millennials and Gen, Gen Z were just having less sex. They were less sexually active than previous uh, generations. Studies were showing that high school students um, having sex had dropped from 54 to 40% in the U.S. Mm. 40% of people age 18 to 24 had reported never having sex. A percentage of them were having it, but like they'd have it once a year or less, you know, maybe once a month. It was just not, it's not as prevalent as it had been in previous generations. And so they're trying to kind of explore why. And um, I'm not going to read all of this, but like some of the article talks about Casual sex has become less of a thing for the younger generation. They, they're they looking more for quality intimacy than... Physical? Well, no, physical, but, but quality over just ha- going out to the bars and having one night stands. Oh, I see what right? you're saying. They're, they're okay. looking to have a partnership. So, and, okay. and if they don't, that's fine. And they're okay not having sex. Whereas past generations in between partners would try to have casual sex Mm, and that was part of kind of in a way like the freedom of some of the past generation like you know the sexual freedom of the 60s and then yeah and then the 80s with all their cocaine and (laughs) (laughs) but now you know it's seeming now that they're like more and more younger people are reporting being okay going months or years without sex Mm, and i can totally relate to that because when i'm in between partners i Mm -hmm. don't go out and have casual sex so right i it was, what, four years between Paul and Patrick? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have sex that time. So, yeah, you know. Nothing casual in between. Nope. So those are kind of what they're studying and what they they talk to them. There's a lot of, like, one-on-one conversations in this and quotes from people about kind of their attitudes towards sex and why there is being seen as this kind of decline in sexual mm-hmm. activity among people. But I think it's not that sex isn't important, but I think it might be important in a different way. Yeah, I think there's such a shift in like how people are seeing things socially now, you know, and and what's being socially accepted and what's not socially accepted anymore. And or just, you know, just different views and different platforms for people to speak up. Yeah, I think so, too. And I just think and I think there's a less pressure. I think a lot of that came from ideas of masculinity and like mm. men kind of pressured each other into having more sex because it was like let's go on and get laid late like yeah. late guys and i don't think younger men are like that there's less of that version mm-hmm. of masculinity and more of a it's okay to go in like for months in between without sex because you're looking for an actual intimate relationship yeah i think part yeah. of it's probably technology too Whereas before going to the bar and even if it was a one night stand or a couple of nights or whatever, that was how you kind of got mm-hmm. relationships. Whereas now we're so connected technology wise, we have all kinds of connections. And so we don't really need that to get mm-hmm. sex to have a connection with a person. We can have it just across the Internet or whatever. Yeah. And then sex is actually something that's just saved for an intimate partner relationship and not something casual anymore. I mean, yeah. there's still people doing casual sure. sex. <laughs> There's plenty. Yes, that's plenty. <laughs> but this is even like this. There's a lot of studies in this article, and there it's even international trend. It's not just like the U.S. Yeah, it's it's not just you know Australia. I think this is actually from Australia. So the social norms are changing, and how people are judging others and telling others how to live their lives, when to get married, when to have kids, and things like that are changing. You still? Oh yeah, we we just this year hit the. I think the median age of childbearing now is 30 mm. or the average age maybe yeah it's versus like it 22. used to be like 20, yeah. In, yeah in the u.s i think we just hit like where it's now officially officially it's 30 is the average age for women to have kids now i haven't read that but i do believe it just from being a mom in society with younger kids because i do know a lot of women my age that do have like teenagers which is not a bad thing. It's not what we're saying. No. It's just like the trend really is just taking a turn. Not a, a bad turn. Just a, It's just changing. It's shifting. No, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'll put that up and... Yay. Yay. Fun. Well, cool. Let's read this book. Cool. Uh, let's do this. So let's just do... What is it? Sex in book? Yep. And we'll just do it together. Okay. Ready? Sure. Okay. On three. One, two, three. Eight. Seven. Seven. Eight. <laughs> It's backwards for us. That's really weird. I wanted more. 
I'm sorry, but I had a real, like, I understand why he was holding out on the sex. I get it. I respect it. I get you. But I wanted it. I wanted it. I just wanted it more. I loved the, the like, the pseudo threesome. I guess, not pseudo. I guess it really did happen. I loved that part. That was my favorite part is whenever Tom was actually physically involved. I, I just think I'm in love with Tom a little bit too yeah, much. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love Tom. So Tom's my favorite. So I'm just like, where is Tom? Why isn't he having sex this yeah. time? And while I found the story a little too, because I know it was building the basis of it and stuff there was a lot going on and i I, and i dropped a lot of information so like for me it was a little bit harder to follow but i like the idea and where the stories are leading exactly and i think i mean we have very similar reasons but we just did different numbers like i yes i want more but i what we got was actually quite a bit so because when you think about it as one Five scenes. Oh, yeah, I guess there were five but scenes. Two of two of them were in a course. Yeah, but still five. I mean, <laughs> but, but that's like kind of thinking of it as only P and V. Uh huh. Oh, you know, yeah, okay. it's really not always the goal, right? You have a good argument, and I there. think that'll be a really interesting bit to explore with Tom, since his penis doesn't actually get hard right now because of this curse. Uh-huh. There's a lot more to sex than just penetration, penis in the vagina yes. penetration. And there's so much that you can do and explore that is sexual before that. So I enjoyed that bit of it. I mean, I wanted wanted that too. I'm not saying I didn't want that. Sure. No, that's (laughs) a really good I was actually really nervous the last one because it was so fast. And after a whole book of him describing how big his fucking dick was and even her mentioning how big his fucking dick was, there was no (laughs) warm up to that sex. There was no (laughs) foreplay. She was not not prepped in any way. She just Uh like paled herself on it and i was like no 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 you just you that's painful you just fucked up your vagina's pissed now <laughs> there's no You're way gonna be sore there's no way it's that isn't hurt. tearing <laughs> yeah it's tearing for sure oh yeah oh my god you didn't even think about that but anyway but so that's why i like i like that and i'm really excited to continue on i think she's gonna write great sex scenes for some of these other mm, characters mm-hmm. and i and i like the story i I think I'm going to fucking fall in love with like the pseudo magical hotel on the seaside yes. and just wish I could go there and hang out with a bunch of fairies. It does sound cool. And it's going to really get to me by the time like I'm just going to be like, why am I? Why don't I live there? Why is this not a thing? Uh, <laughs> I do love that idea of it. Like, That's well, so I don't good. really want to own a hotel. I kind of think it would be fun oh i would absolutely realm. love to run this exact kind of hotel this kind of hotel. it has but to only be this if kind. there's magic in the world i don't want yes. to do it in reality that's exactly right in it's reality it's just smallish. a bunch of assholes <laughs> and she's by herself oh i know that's so sucks. like that's a lot to take on it's a sucky thing so but yeah i liked it i like the story i mean i just think there's more to go because at the end of the day this is my one hang-up truthfully this book does not have a beginning middle and an end so if you want to make a, a criticism of the book it does just kind of drop you off in a universe somewhere that you just start and by the end she's i guess the end is that she's more comfortable and will have sex with him and and, and tells him that she loves him that's the end yes. but there wasn't an arc of action or an arc of plot there wasn't Mm-mm. and i like this book but there wasn't one of those so there wasn't that's why it's a seven and not a higher number okay for so the book your numbers make a lot more sense than mine as far as my reasoning goes no i think yours make perfect <laughs> sense for what you want like i think they're all valid all numbers are they valid are. yes well on, on average we have given this a seven and a half so yep. <laughs> it works it fucking works it is recommended. It's a, it's a fun book. I think Holly's got some funny parts in this book and some emotional parts in this book. And I, I love that she's able to hit them all. So it's really good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I did too. Cool. All right. So for our next book, guys, we are going to read. Hey, it's the Bounty Hunter book you're talking about. It is. <laughs> Midlife Bounty Hunter by Shannon Mayer, narrated by Lauren Fortag. No, Fort Fortgang. <laughs> I made up the last name. Oh. That's not her. <laughs> Ford King. So yeah, it sounds like it's another uh, bounty hunter, motorcycle gangish type of situation here. Yeah. So, so right, hey, we're on trend. I had a thing going. We're doing a thing. It's all right. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. I mean, I think the piece that I'm really excited about for this book is the main character is 
over 40. Yeah. So, you know. Yes. A lot of our ladies lately have been in their 30s, which I pre- that's where we're at. We're right there that's, in the 30s. Yeah. I mean, early in this podcast, we hit so many young, like 21, 22-year-olds, and I was just like, I can't read another fucking book about them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then we just get totally turned off when we get, like, the 18 or 19-year-olds. Oh, and no. it's like, oh. You don't even no. understand life yet. I'm sorry. sorry. That doesn't work. No. But so this will be fun because she is... 41 so yeah awesome and she's divorced so yeah i'm pretty sure it's paranormal why did i pick this book yes it says paranormal right there paranormal women's fiction okay all right i had a moment of like a fear that i had (laughs) fucked up somehow (laughs) i'll just do the next one on the list Yeah. Right. So, yeah. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. You guys can reach us on the social media platforms at Sturdy Books. That's Facebook, Instagram, and I guess kind of Twitter if you feel like it. (laughs) And you can email us directly at sturdybooks at gmail.com. And in all those places, it is with three H's. And you can visit us on our website at sturdybooks.com in most places that you could find podcasts. If you guys can also go there, rate, review, subscribe, that'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Jim Townsend, for your music. We love it so much. And with that, we'll say goodnight. This is Sayla. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.